Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning, presented by Brown and Crouppen. Brown and Crouppen, 222-2222, on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, good morning, everyone. I think I'm on the air. I'm Mike Claiborne, and we're going to be here for this hour. We've got Kansas City Chief football coming your way at 11. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to visit with the voice of the University of Missouri football you name it. He's Mike Kelly, and we'll talk about a, an interesting day in Columbia for sure. A little later in the show, we'll talk some baseball with Andy Rogers of MLB.com. Uh, the winter meetings allegedly took place last week. Not much activity, but we'll talk with Annie about what she sees coming up down the road and also what may be some of the needs of the Cardinals for sure. And, of course, we'll have a chance to visit with Travis Ford, the head coach at St. Louis University. He was hoping to play a basketball game yesterday, but Evansville had a protocol issue and they had to postpone the game. And now the Billikens are looking to put a game on the schedule. So if you have four friends, and if you guys are pretty good, give Travis a call. They're looking and uh, who knows what can happen. But right now their situation is in a flux like most of college basketball. Uh, the Billikens do have a game scheduled for Tuesday against Indiana State. So let's keep our fingers crossed that that game can come off. But we'll have a chance to visit with Travis Ford. A little later in the show, as we mentioned, Mike Kelly is scheduled to visit with us here in just a bit. And what a what an interesting day yesterday in Columbia, as I mentioned, when you think about the football game and how it had promise. Remember, this game was tied at 14. Georgia scores a touchdown late in the first half. And then after that, it was all Georgia. And I think what it showed more than anything else. For those who love hearing about blue chip receivers and quarterbacks and people of that nature, all right, Mike Kelly's with us, and I'll ask him the question as well. First of all, we say hello to the voice of the University of Missouri, Mike Kelly. Uh, first of all, for you, Mike, what time did you start yesterday, and what time did you shut it down? <laughs> uh, good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me, great to talk to you. Uh, got to the stadium at 8 a.m. Uh, and got home after basketball at 10.15 p.m. So, uh, yeah, no, it was... It's a long day. It's the first doubleheader uh, like that I had done, um, you know, and uh, it, uh, fortunately, we did not have a four-hour football game, which was good. Hallelujah to that, because that, that would have certain that and the fact that your wife, Lori, wanted to have a long conversation last night when you got home, 
you may not be talking to me this morning. Hey, let, yeah, let's right. talk a little bit about the football game right off the hop. Uh, everyone raves about how we always have to land these uh, these so-called skilled players, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. But if there was ever a day that proved that if you want to be successful in the SEC, you better find some linemen who know what they're doing and have some exceptional skill because this is a conference where if you're not pushing people around up front, you have no chance to win. Well, I mean, yeah, what you saw was a complete uh, gap, you know, a large gap between, you know, what Missouri has and where Missouri is from a talent standpoint, from a uh, from a program standpoint in terms of, you know, depth uh, to what Georgia possesses. And, you know, since Kirby Smart arrived, uh, after, oh, by the way, taking over for somebody who had, had, had done a pretty good job of building things in Mark Rick, uh, you know, I don't think Kirby's had a recruiting class outside of the top five in, in, in his first mm-hmm. in his first three classes. So, you know, that speaks volumes to, um, you know, what he's been able to do. But this is a line of scrimmage league, Mike, and it, it was it was very apparent, um, you know, yesterday in that game, um, you know, that, that Missouri's got to – he's got a ways to go, particularly – um, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And I think that that was even proven in the Arkansas game, particularly for, you know, uh, Missouri's defensive line. Um, you know, you, you just have to be able to recruit big, physical guys that can run on the defensive side and big, you know, earth movers on the offensive side. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the challenge moving forward. But you know, I think Missouri's got the right guy trying to do that. Speaking of the right guys, we visit with the voice of the University of Missouri, Mike Kelly on KMOX. Coach Drinkwitz has had a pretty good first year considering COVID and not having a chance to have spring ball and practices and having a routine. He hit the ground running recruiting. What do you think has been the key and the biggest change? Because when you inherit another coach's players, you just don't know what you're going to get. So he's getting a lot out of them. But what do you see being the biggest change in what he's been able to provide at the University of Missouri in his first every, year? Yeah, you know, Michael, every time that you talk to anybody associated with the program, the first word that they use is energy. Uh, the energy that he and his coaches bring to work each and every day. Um, you know, whether it's on the practice field or whether it's in the classroom or whether it's just, you know, getting set for, uh, for the season. The energy that they bring each and every day is vastly different than before. Uh, the other thing, too, that is noticeable is just the organizational structure from top to bottom. Um, I said this to you before, you know, spending time around Gary Pinkle, um, you know, he was always real big from this time with Don James on just how good you have to be um, in terms of, you know, your organization. And just little things like, like, like practices as an example. And I remember walking out, the first practice or so uh, of the preseason and seeing how very little wasted movement and wasted time there was between little things from getting to, from one period to the next period, from one teaching session to the next session. And it just speaks to the organizational structure. And, um, and those are the two things. I mean, organization and energy each and every day. And, you know, I, I don't mean this to, to, to demean anyone to, to belittle any previous staffs. But when you sit, and this isn't drinking Kool-Aid, it's just an observation, okay? When you sit down and meet with these guys on this coaching staff individually, and I'm talking about persons, personalities, 
makeup, uh, body of work will continue beyond our conversation today. But when you sit down and meet with these guys individually, this is the most impressive group of individuals that Missouri's had as football coaches since I've been here. And so that's been, that's been kind of interesting to watch too, just the makeup of the people. Let's talk some hoops. Last night uh, at the Missouri Arena, you had a, quite an event. Uh, the number six ranked Illinois Fighting Illini rolling the town fresh off a of victory against Duke. And the first thing you notice about Mizzou is, okay, they don't have that bona fide superstar, that can't-miss guy, the Illinois. And Illinois has got a couple of guys that are certainly going to play at the next level. But they have a lot of worker bees, and that, I thought, was the difference in last night's game where everybody knew what their role was and they tried to excel as much as they could. When you watch this team, what do you like about them? Because it seems like Conzo has been able to find different guys that come in and do different things. He's expanded his bench a little bit, but you see it every day. What do you like about them? Well, I, I think they've been through so much, Mike, collectively as a group. And, you know, they've been through tough times. They, 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 they've had, you know, sporadic moments of success. You know, they, 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 they've, they've just been through adversity and injuries. And, and, you know what, things just don't, they're a veteran group. Things just don't bother them. Um, you know, the challenge of playing Illinois didn't bother them. You know, uh, you know, sure, you know, they had a hard time, you know, stopping Io. And he was he was in his own last night, but you know what? He's going to do that against against a few people before it's all said and done. Um, you know, uh, I, I just think that they're the, the veteran leadership. Um, you know, the other thing too is that Missouri would struggle. I said this to Kaiser on the post game. Missouri would struggle in previous years. To, yeah, maybe you get one guy a couple players, maybe you get two. Well, now you're seeing on a consistent basis that Missouri's getting three, four, sometimes even five guys. In, in, in double figures each and every night. And so the ability to score um, with the way that they have been taught to defend is what makes this a, a, a different team in years past. You know, it, there's a lot of finger crossing going on these days with respect to trying to play basketball games due to COVID. What do you see in this Tiger team with respect to preparation and, and confidence? that maybe you didn't see last year. And I, and I know it's early, and they've had a lot of practice time because the games haven't been as uh, as plentiful as you'd like for them to be. But what are you seeing in this ball club from last year? Well, well they just don't blink. I mean, like, for instance, you know, it was on and again off again. They were supposed to go to, uh, they were supposed to go to South, to South Dakota for that event. Well, then that got pushed back, and that wasn't going to happen. And then they were supposed to go to the event of Mohegan Sun. And, well, you know, and that's not going to happen because they can't play Boston College because of, you know, they couldn't get the second game that was supposed to be on the schedule. And then, you know, we're going to find Oregon, but we're not sure when. And, oh, by the way, we found out in about two to three days that they were going to play Oregon and Omaha. So they just jump on a bus and they go to Omaha. And a couple of days later, they jump on a bus and they go to Wichita. And they pick up a win there. And, you know, they, they, they beat Illinois last night. And, and in the midst of celebrating, they found out, hey, by the way, we may have a game on Tuesday. So the they come out, they're going to probably play a game on Tuesday at Missoula Arena. So it's just, they don't blink, you know, right? It just, oh, well, what's the play? And, uh, and, and I think that speaks volumes to the maturity. I think, I think what we found in college football, right, this year with, 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 with all the, the, the question marks and, and the starts and the stops, those with veteran leaders, particularly at the quarterback position, those are the teams that excel. Uh, and I think in college basketball, the, the, the older teams, the teams that have been together, the teams that, you know, kind of no systems and things like that, that, you know, they just don't bother them. I think those are the teams that, that you're going to see that, that are going to have a chance to to have, have pretty good seasons. 
You, you know, you make a great point. And, and I think when I watch Missouri with the veterans and I see St. Louis U with the veterans, those are the teams that will break through, I think, sooner. They've been there before. Uh, it's just too bad they aren't playing each other at this point because with games hard to find, both teams would match up probably better now than what we've seen in past years. And, uh, you know, and you never know. I mean, we may run out of time here, but, you know, the way these games keep falling off the schedule, Mike, you just never know. And with that said, Missouri deserving of being in the top 25 after a pretty good uh, good start? No, I guess. I mean, you know, what's the tw- top 25 in December? It's a PA contest. And, and at the end of the day, what does it matter? Um, you know, I, yeah, if they're a rank or rank, I mean, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't matter to me. I mean, um, you know, let, let's see what happens in the next game. Let's see what happens to the following game. Let's see what happens when you get into the FCC schedule. Um, you know, I, I think at this point in time, really, I, I, I've always felt like December rankings in basketball are nothing more than throwing stuff on the wall to see what sticks. Um, because you just don't know as, as, as the season yeah. progresses and you haven't seen enough, but, um, you know, I, I think it'll be ranked where I, I don't know. I mean, you know, a, a road win at Wichita, neutral site win of Oregon, um, a win at home against, uh, you know, a top 10 team in Illinois. Um, I still think Illinois will be ranked higher than Missouri. Um, and I don't know, maybe they get in the top 20. Hey, what's it been like for you, especially on the basketball side, where there haven't been a lot of fans in the building? I mean, you know, you've been in some raucous arenas in your career, and now to hear it sound like almost like a pickup game where the players are making more noise than anybody else. What's it like for you as a broadcaster, and and where is your broadcast position? Well, we're where we were a year ago. So a year ago, we moved off the scores table of Mizzou Arena and up to the first level um, above the club seats on the south side of the arena. So our vantage point was looking across the court at the benches, and now they've shifted the benches over to our side of the building. So we're still looking down at the court. And, and I, I'm, candidly, I love being off the floor. I mean, Conzo um, and I used to joke about this, and, 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 I, and I'll say it to him, and I'll say it to hey, you don't realize how big Conzo Martin is until he stands in front of you the entire game. And he blocked out the entire, you know, opposite end of the court. And there were times on post games. I remember last year in Philadelphia, he comes up to me and said, did you see anything? I said, not in the second half. When they were in front of your bench, you were telling me the entire time. So, uh, you know, so, so, so I, I, I love being off the, off the floor. Another thing, too, is, you know, it's just, you know, the ability to kind of, in COVID, I mean, we're, we're get through two big tables. And so, you know, Matt and I are, our engineers on one side. I'm I'm on the opposite side of that table. And we've got a couple of dividers between us, and then on another table, uh, we put Jervino as far down as we possibly can on his own table, just to kind of give him space. And, uh, <laughs> well, he needs space being the associate governor of the state of Missouri, so I I understand that that, that would probably yeah. be apropos for him. Yeah, so we, we, hey, uh, I love being off the court. Good for you. Mississippi State this weekend, we hope, uh, as we know, these games kind of go up and down. Uh, What a a good way to end the season with a win on the road. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, candidly, Mike, I mean, once you beat Arkansas, you get to five and three on the season to play. I mean, in your first year, you're kind of playing with house money at that point in time, Um, you know, because you know the season's going to be a success. Uh, Now it's just a a matter of just, uh, you know, polishing your image just a little bit when when it comes to you know, bowl selections and, 
you know, Nick Joseph does a terrific job as Missouri's deputy AD. He was on with us last night. And he thinks Missouri's going to be possibly in the in the Gator Bowl or maybe even the Outback Bowl. And, and I went over Mississippi State on the road. Another road win for Eli Drinkwitz in year one, uh, which would go in and in with the win on the road against South Carolina to win at Mississippi State. I think just would do wonders to the consistency that he's trying to build. And a yeah, big week for football, right? With 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 the early signing day coming on Wednesday, you got practice on Wednesday, so you're trying to recruit and you're trying to prepare for the game. So um, the coaches are taking hands for this week. Mike Kelly, as always, it's great to hear your voice, my friend, whether it's on the radio or whether we do this. Uh, stay safe, and uh, hopefully you'll have a lot more football, and we have a whole lot of basketball waiting for you. Thanks for your time this yeah. morning. Here we go. All right, Cliff. Be good. Merry Christmas. T- take care. He's Mike Kelly. He's the voice of the University of Missouri. Coming up next, we'll talk some baseball. Annie Rogers of MLB.com will join us, and we'll find out what she thinks about where we go with the Cardinals and just maybe what baseball is going to look like in 2021. That comes your way after we take this time out on your voice for the Cardinals and St. Louis University Billikens, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning, presented by Brown Crouppen. Brown Crouppen, 222-2222 on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. 10.33 here on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Don't forget, top of the hour, Kansas City Chiefs football comes your way. The Chiefs are in Miami. That should be a pretty interesting scuffle as the Kansas City Chiefs continue to have a great season. But this Miami team is starting to really play well, so it could be fun for uh, the Miami Dolphins to get Kansas City down there with the weather and all that good stuff. So you can hear all the action here on KMOX. We're going to visit with Andy Rogers here in just a bit here on KMOX. Talk with her as she writes for MLB.com. She covers the team on a regular basis, along with Derek Gould, our two local writers who have had some challenges this year for sure, trying to find enough things to write about when we had so few games. And this week we had the winter meetings that were virtual. Had a chance to visit with John Mozeliak because he had a chance to do a Zoom call with a lot of the media members here in St. Louis. And he basically said a couple of things that kind of piqued my interest. One, things are going to kind of move back a little bit as far as the calendar is concerned. So for this time period where we really would anticipate more activity, that may not happen until mid-January, maybe even later. And I think the other issue that's going to come into play, and we'll ask Annie about it, is how many games are we actually going to play? And the reason why I ask the question is, Players and owners are already starting to rattle the sabers with regard to contract negotiations as this is the last year for the collective bargaining agreement. We, you know, and I'll give you a good example, the whole DH issue. The players want it in the National League. The owners, eh, I don't know. And I think also the scheduling as a whole, because I think the players would like to play as soon as possible. The owners would like to have some fans in the ballpark. So that's something that I think we'll see a little bit more. But there are a few other things that will come into play as we get deeper into the season. So we'll ask Annie about those things. And of course, what do you think the Cardinals are going to be in the mood for doing with regard to free agency? Are they going to give some other players a longer look? What is the strong suit of this ball club? And some other issues that have come into play. So we'll have a chance to visit with her as soon as we connect with her. Don't forget later, we'll have a chance to visit with Travis Ford of St. Louis University. He was all ready to play some basketball yesterday. But Evansville had a protocol issue, and hence there was no game. So we'll find out what's next for the Billikens. They're scheduled to play on Tuesday. And you can hear that game, of course, here on KMOX. But uh, as the way these games are going, 
it's going to be tough to say anything until you find out the day of whether you're going to have a game or not. Interestingly enough, yesterday in college football, we had a number of games. Six of the top 25 teams did not play because of COVID-related issues. And, you know, when you're in Ohio State and some of those teams who desperately need another game to get the real credibility to get involved in postseason play, and we're talking about the playoffs, um, it's going to be hard for them to do. Now, they have the championship game this week against Northwestern, so we'll see how that comes about in keeping everybody healthy enough in order to get out and play. But, man, this thing, the NCAA, much like Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL, they can't wait to get this over because the delays, the postponements, the concerns, the health concerns, all starting to mount up at this point. And if you're college football, what are the bowls going to look like? If you're college basketball, you're tough. It's just tough enough to get through the non-conference, let alone once they get in the league play. All right, we've got Annie Rogers on the line. Annie Rogers from MLB.com. Annie, first of all, it's good to visit with you. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's always great to visit with you. And I've got a few questions for you right off the bat. We had a somewhat of an anticlimactic week of uh, uh, winter meetings, the virtual variety. But John Mazalak indicated maybe things would be moved back a little bit. So if that's the case, what do you think the best course is going to be with regard to the Cardinals and how to make this team better than what they were in their last game in San Diego? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the obvious answer is is the offense. Um, they need to figure out a way to improve it. And, and I think, uh, you know, the way to do that is probably through adding uh, through an addition to the roster. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options out there um, as far as adding bats. There's a lot of different, different available guys um, who bring, who, who can bring different things to this roster. And I think that's kind of what the Cardinals are going to look at um, moving into, into January. I think the slow market is just a, you know, it's a consequence of, of kind of not knowing what 2021 is going to look like. I think teams are kind of in that wait-and-see mode, and I know players are too. So um, I think, you know, Mo said said it um, this last this past week that, you know, January is going to be the new December as far as, um, as far as markets moving and everything like that. So I think, you know, hopefully we can see some movement here in the next month or so. Now, I know you probably have put together a list of, of- – players that would probably fit well with the Cardinals. So I'll ask you, do you have a wish list? And also, what positions do they have the most flexibility at where they can bring in some players uh, at the right price and with regard to their skill set? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think they can look at that, that non-tender group um, is really for their kind of price point as far as as far as adding a bat. And I think the outfield probably offers the most flexibility as far as mixing and matching what you know, their current guys can bring and what, you know, an addition can bring. Um, and, and the platooning, I think, is something that they might be they might be interested in as ways of getting creative to kind of improve that offense. Um, as far as guys that are available, you know, we saw David Dahl come off the board this, um, this weekend. He's going to the Rangers reportedly. Um, and I think he would have been a great fit for the Cardinals, but I think now the Cardinals can kind of look at guys like Hunter Renfro, um, who was DFA'd by the Rays, you know, he, he brings that big big power bat in, and, and his defense isn't bad either. Um, guys, you know, Eddie Rosario is, is probably the most obvious fit um, as far as being a left-handed bat from the Twins. He, he's a big swinging guy. You know, he, he doesn't walk a lot, but, you know, the current the Cardinals' current outfielders 
uh, they they can get on base, and Eddie Rosario can maybe add that add that power um, complement there in the middle of the lineup that the Cardinals really need. They're looking for thunder this offseason, and and there's a lot of guys out there. You know, Kyle Schwarber is another one um, that can add that power back to to the lineup. Andy Rogers of MLB.com is our guest here on KMOX. All right, the DH, no DH. Uh, we heard a little bit about that where they were saying, be prepared not to have it in the National League. And then there were some other reports that said, well, not so fast. It sounds like it's a bargaining chip between players and owners. But it's going to have an impact on the Cardinals as far as their roster construction, not to mention the rest of the National League if they don't have it. Yeah, absolutely. I think... You know, Cardinals and other NL teams are kind of approaching it as though there won't be a DH, but I know that at least the Cardinals are very prepared to switch that thinking as soon as, you know, a, dis- a decision comes down because that is a clear path toward improve- improving the offense without having to make a ton of decisions with their outfield until 2022. Um, it's it's a, a way to add power. It's a way to add, you know, a big bat without – Mix without having to, you know, make decisions on guys like Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Lane Thomas. They can kind of see a little bit more of what they have in 2021 with those guys, while also adding a big bat um, with a DH. So I think, you know, it's a it's a quick and easy way to to add power into their lineup. Um, and I think, you know, a decision on that is going to move the market quickly as far as you know NL teams looking for for that kind of player um, to add to their roster. I think, you know, it's obviously players want it because, you know, that's, it, it allows, you know, more players in, in, into the market. Um, I don't, I, I know some teams want it just because as far as, you know, it adds, it adds something to their roster, but I think a decision on that is going to really help the market move um, and hopefully we can get it somewhat soon. As we wrap up with Andy Rogers from MLB.com, a couple of questions for you. What rule changes did you like from last year that you'd like to see back other than Zoom calls? And uh, the labor issues, they they loom large, and I I don't think anybody's going to argue that point. Do you see this being a 162-game season, or would they be better off moving things back a month or so because of the vaccine on the way, and maybe that would create an opportunity for more fans to come into the ballpark? Yeah, I think that's a it's a good question. Um, you know, there's a because we're already in wait and see mode, I think that, you know, there wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad thing to move to move things back a little bit and you know, maybe not as short of a season as we saw last year, but something you know, delaying it by a month and seeing where that takes us because, you know, as the vaccine gets going and, and you know, people more people can be are able to get it, you know, that's just gonna allow more fans into the stadiums and that's what teams want and that's I think that's what players want too so you know I think I, I don't know exactly where that stands right now I, I I do think a lot of people are just kind of waiting to see how the end of the year plays out and and kind of what January brings um, but I, I don't see really the, the disadvantage in, in moving things back a month and, and seeing where things play out and and what kind of happens um, during that month because as we know you know, things can change by the day um, and, you know, they can change for the better. They can change for the worse. So what's the harm in, in just waiting it out and, and seeing what happens, seeing what plays out? Obviously, you want to play as many games as possible. But, um, you know, if there's a chance for more fans in the stands, I, I don't see, you know, what the harm is in doing that. 
Andy Rogers, as always, it's great to visit with you. Keep up the great work with MLB.com. And more importantly, stay safe for the rest of this year. And certainly I'm looking forward to seeing you in spring training, whenever that may take place. You too, Clay. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you. Take care. Andy Rogers, MLB.com. Stand by, folks. We're going to turn this thing around in a hurry and come back. And when we do, we'll have a chance to visit with the head coach of St. Louis University, Travis Ford, here on KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning, presented by Brown & Crouppen. Brown & Crouppen, 222-2222, on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. Mike Claiborne here, Kansas City Chief Football, coming up at the top of the hour. Let's go back to the phones and standing by as a head coach at St. Louis University. He is Travis Ford, who was all dressed up and ready to go yesterday, but he couldn't play basketball. What happened, Coach? How are you doing this morning? Oh, doing great, Mike. I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, you're, you're exactly right. We were literally ready to go. <laughs> we were here at the arena and uh, we're going through our walkthrough shoot around, which is what we do day, day of a game early in the day. And, uh, you know, we were walking through and got a phone call. One of my assistants got a phone call from one of their assistants saying uh, things weren't looking good on Evansville's end. You know, let me back up a little bit. They were going to travel on the day of the game yesterday. They were, you know, Evansville's about two and a half hours away, so they were going to bus on over and play the game. Uh, they all arrived at their uh, at their bus yesterday morning. One of their players wasn't feeling well, uh, so uh, you know, once he reports that, then they go into um, you know, I guess COVID protocol, and that protocol is. If you show a sign of a symptom, then uh, you've got to be tested. And so they called and basically uh, said they weren't coming and, you know, uh, couldn't play the game. Uh, You know, um, we still haven't heard yet if this young man, we hope he's safe. We hope he's okay. Uh, We haven't heard if he was positive or yet. I know they play a game on Tuesday. So we were still trying to play the game today. We were if they'd gotten their test back and everybody was negative, we told them we'd be willing to play the game anytime today, tonight, whatever time. Uh, to be honest with you, we haven't heard back from them. Um, so, I, you know, from that standpoint, um, you know, we heard from them yesterday morning, then I never heard from them again, and obviously the game wasn't played. So for you and your ball club, you, you find out you're not going to play. What did you guys end up having to do yesterday? Did you have another practice? Uh, I mean, it, because I would imagine even for you, Coach, at practicing at this point, because you haven't played as many games as you would like, you guys have to be creative in keeping it interesting and keeping the conditioning up because they, these guys know each other pretty well on, on this ball club. This is not a young team, so everybody knows what plays you're going to run and how to do this, and this guy goes to his left and he goes to his right. So how do you try and change it up in that situation? Yeah, it's a good point. It's a great question, too. You know, first of all, this time of year, you're, you're, you know, we're trying to work on specific things in practice. You know, we do have pretty much everything in, you know, things that maybe we weren't happy with last game or certain things we think might – work in the next game. So you're working on more specific things uh, that you're trying to work on. But yesterday, once we found out the game wasn't pl- wasn't going to be played, you know, we were still in hopes. And this was yesterday. I'm talking about about 10, 10 o'clock uh, at 10 a.m. that they we were still talking about hopefully trying to get the game in today. And they were, you know, kind of acting like they still might want to do that. So, when we found out we were playing yesterday, we said, well, we got to do something today. 
which was yesterday. So we, we went for about an hour, uh, nothing hard. We got in a lot of uh, just working on some offensive concepts. Uh, we'd all, already gone through a scout report for Evansville. We already completed that. Um, and then we just got up some shooting, some competition-type shooting uh, amongst the team and divided them up in, in, in different teams. It didn't go very hard, um, but, you know, as I'm sitting here right now, I'm in my office. Uh, we're practicing 1 o'clock, and all we know to do at this point is prepare for a really good Indiana State team on Tuesday because, again, we haven't heard back from Evansville. So, I, you know. I it probably won't. Yeah, I got it. It probably won't at this point. <laughs> you know what you should have done yesterday? You guys should have had a good old-fashioned shirts and skins game, coaches involved. That's what, you That's what we done. used to do in Little League, right? That's what we used to do, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think that would have been pretty good to watch a few of you guys. And, and, and I think the scouting report's already out on you. Don't let them find a good spot on the floor where you can spot up. It'll be lights out for the rest of the day. But, you know, maybe even make it half court because, you know, maybe some of these coaches can't get up and down like they used to. <laughs> no, I promise you we can't, uh, for sure. <laughs> find me up in the corner and I'm okay. There you go. That, I may not be much help. Yeah. There you go. You're a perimeter guy. You go from one perimeter to another. No, no, nothing below the free throw line for sure. So for you no. guys, you, you've got a game scheduled for Tuesday, uh, and you're still looking for games. And and how has that been? And I wonder if you had a chance to talk to your your other coaching cohorts around the country, and how are they dealing with it? Because everybody's in the same boat right now. Yeah, we we all are, Mike. Um, and, and I want to again back up just a little bit. I want to just shout out to my own team, how they handled it yesterday. They handled it with great maturity. They were disappointed, very disappointed when we told them the game wasn't going to be played, but they handled it with maturity. And what I mean by that, after we told them that, and then we said, all right, we're going from not playing a game to we're going to actually practice. They were enthusiastic, high energy, handled it very maturely. And I, and I think to them after practice, guys, I just want to thank you for how you've handled this. We do talk to them every day about, you're going to have to adapt this year. You're going to be flexible. We're going to have to handle some adversity uh, that is going to be out of our control. There's always adversity that is in your control. And I'm talking about losing or not making a shot or turning the ball over. Those things are kind of in control a little bit, and you got to be able to handle those. But we're dealing with a lot of things that are out of our control, and our team handled them great. Yes, we're talk- I'm talking to all oh, – you know, I spent pretty much my whole day on the phone yesterday – uh, you know, with, with coaches who had had games canceled just like we did yesterday, Kansas, uh, Bradley, SIU, I can go, you know, there was a lot of teams, uh, uh, Loyola, that had games canceled <laughs> that we were trying to put together a game literally today. We, we, were asking, we were even asking those guys, would y'all want to play today? You know, we're both well, at the same disadvantage. Well, we don't have any time to prepare for each other. Uh, just couldn't that, pull off. That would make it even more fun. That would yeah, make it even yeah, more no fun doubt. if you did it that way. Hey, Coach, we're out of time this fun. morning. Best of luck this week, and we'll look forward to talking to you next Sunday here on KMOX as well. Thanks for your time. Thanks, we're buddy. out of time. Kansas City Chiefs football comes your way next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.